2: Welcome to Hemp Resent, where it smells like green spirit and it's always 7 times 60. I'm Vivian McPeak, and you can call me Grandmaster Stash, McPeak Lamore, Sir Smokes-A-Lot, or Mr. Grojangles. I am the Executive Director of the world's largest annual cannabis policy reform event, the Seattle Hemp Fest, in its 24th year, found at hempfest.org. I am also... The author of the book, Protestival, a 20-year retrospective of Seattle Hemp Fest by AHA Publishing. Transmitting from a fortified bunker at an undisclosed location deep within the bowels of underground Seattle, I will be your host on Hemp Present here on Cannabis Radio for weekly radio rendezvous with some of the premier movers, shakers, and history makers in the global cannabis culture and industry. I will be spreading the green flame of 420 truth as I see it, and responding to nearly a century of lies, propaganda, half-truths about the world's most maligned and yet resourceful plant. Prohibition constitutes a state-sanctioned campaign of hate directed at one of the most peaceful, non-threatening subcultures, frankly, that's ever existed. Prohibition is a craven, morally bankrupt policy that is both unconstitutional and and wholly ineffective. If the intent of prohibition was to prevent Americans from using cannabis, then really could there be a bigger policy failure and a bigger waste of taxpayer resources? Well, we've heard the prohibitionist versions of things for decades, nearly a century, and you know what? Now it's our time to talk and walk our talk around the block here at Hempresent On the Cannabis Radio Network, we have 10,000 years of human use, largely without incident or lethal overdose, to back up our side of the conversation. And speaking of conversation, my guest today on this, the maiden voyage of Hempresent on Cannabis Radio, will be Seattle Criminal Defense Attorney Doug Hyatt, who will be addressing the sweeping changes coming to medical marijuana here in Washington State. I wanted to start this regional issue off on him present because I feel that it is relevant to medical cannabis patients everywhere because I feel that what happens in terms of policy here in Washington and also in Colorado, Alaska, and Oregon, the states that have, quote, legalized cannabis, I think what happens here will be the model that is exported all over the nation and eventually the planet as other states and other nations seek to emulate the reforms that have taken place here and elsewhere. Frankly, if we don't get it right here, cannabis patients everywhere may end up having to endure the same agony and two steps forward, one step backwards momentum that I feel that we're experiencing here in Washington State. So we're going to increase the peace and build community with impunity. But first, I want to quickly introduce a weekly component of the show, my word of the week. And the first word I'd like to examine on Present is the intransitive verb de-escalate. If ever there was a word that could make all of our lives safer, less stressful, and more enjoyable, it's the word de escalate. It means to decrease the extent, volume, or scope. But really, in our society, I think it means the chill switch, not the kill switch, which is a saying that we use at the Seattle Hemp Fest Safety Patrol. The media escalates our anxiety, our insecurities, and our fears. And often, We unwittingly respond to incidents and situations ourselves by escalating our own problems, by forgetting that cooler heads prevail. Us cannabis enthusiasts are often referred to as heads, and every chance that we have at de-escalating a potentially explosive situation is an opportunity that we should embrace and take advantage of. So take a toke, chillax, and de-escalate. That peace of mind we preserve just might be our own. Peace happens when someone can absorb the blow and not retaliate with force and aggression. Yet there are times when we just need to fight back and stand for our own principles. Now is one of those times because when it comes to prohibition, you have the right not to remain silent. And in that vein, I want to switch gears and segue into the more substantial part of this program Hemp Present on Cannabis Radio. And I'd like to welcome Douglas Hyatt to the show.
3: Doug, Great how are you to doing, be my here, brother? Uh... Great to be here with you, Viv, especially on the Maiden Void. It's an honor uh, and a privilege to be here with you. Awesome.
2: Well, Douglas Hyatt, found at uh, douglashyatt.net, Firebrand, Seattle criminal defense attorney, staunch medical marijuana patient advocate, and old friend and comrade, welcome to Present, Doug. Uh, I hope you're doing well.
3: Doing as good as I can under the circumstances here, Viv, and uh, again, it's just great to be with you here today.
2: Well, let's just dive in here. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about your advocacy and legal practice as it relates to medical marijuana and the defense of the cannabis community? Well, what's the history, Doug? How did you get involved in this field of practice?
3: Well, I was a uh, pretty much a hardcore criminal defense attorney doing public defense work and, and other criminal uh, defense-related work. And the AIDS crisis uh, was still kind of going on there in the early 90s, mid-90s, and that's what really drew me in was uh, trying to help doctors and patients that were using marijuana as medicine and running into all sorts of legal problems due to the you know, prohibition and the overarching criminality of marijuana use here in the United States.
2: Doug, the meme that has been marketed around the world since no- November of 2012 is that Washington, Colorado were the first states to legalize marijuana-slash-cannabis in the United States. And indeed, someone 20 years or older can possess up to an ounce of pot without fear of arrest here in Washington State. And the newspapers are saying that the smell of green cannabis is no longer a probable cause for arrest. But you're not satisfied with the current state of cannabis affairs here. Why is that?
3: Well, because we haven't really accomplished anything, Viv. Um, unfortunately, marijuana has not been legalized, either here or in Colorado, And a prime uh, goal of the reform movement has been to remove criminal sanctions and to change the criminal law. Unfortunately, 502 here in Washington state did not change one single aspect of the criminal law, not one, and it introduced, you know, disastrous driving provisions, which we can talk about in a minute. But the reason that I am not satisfied is because we don't have legalization. We don't have freedom, we don't have a free market, we don't have protections for patients, we've got the overarching problem of federal illegality, and we haven't accomplished what we set out to do yet. We're not anywhere close.
2: I-502 is the...
3: Go ahead. and, And just if I may, I want to jump in there because you asked about the newspaper saying the smell of cannabis is no longer cause for arrest. Don't push that one too far because it hasn't gotten to our Supreme Court yet. And when the cases our Supreme Court has looked at, Fry and Reese, they've said that marijuana remains illegal, defensible, decriminalized, but that larger amounts are still illegal, again, because we did not change the criminal law. It's still illegal to possess above 28 grams, still illegal to grow, still illegal to pass a joint to a friend and create a delivery. There's a huge problem we have not addressed, and that is we have not changed the criminal law and we have not achieved the goals of reform that we set out uh, to achieve.
2: Okay, well, I-502, uh, Initiative 502, is the law that, uh, that passed uh, a few years ago, and it created a 5-nanogram THC metabolite DUI provision uh, what are your thoughts on that? What does five nanograms mean for the benefit of our listeners? And acknowledging uh, that nobody should ever drive impaired, which should be a no-brainer, how reasonable do you think the five nanogram law is? And uh, and, and please answer quickly because we'll have to go to a break after that.
3: Um, well, five nanograms has, the five nanogram uh, blood level is an actual active blood level in your system that they take a blood draw for and test. They also use a metabolite test. But five nanograms, has no connection to impairment. The law that they passed has absolutely no connection to impairment whatsoever. The National Highway Safety Traffic Administration has come out and done a huge study and said that marijuana has absolutely no relation to traffic safety whatsoever. They had a comprehensive study saying it's just not a factor and looking at years and years and years of data, common sense would tell you that because people have been using marijuana for a long time now. If we were going to see any spikes in traffic deaths or traffic-related problems, we would already have seen them. But what 502 did was meaningless pandering to the public's fears in order to get that limit passed. And worse than the 5 nanogram limit is the fact that there is a zero tolerance provision in there for anybody under 21, and that is definitely not fair and definitely is an attack on kids. It's just absolutely totally irresponsible and incredibly unfair
2: okay um thank you so much doug uh this is a very complicated issue we're going to dive into it more uh but i think we're doing pretty good we're going to take a pause for the cause because there's flaws in the laws by taking a quick uh, moment out for one of our sponsors we'll be right back with seattle attorney doug hyatt
1: time to roll out for the people that let us present hang loose we're coming right back
4: Plus, build more buzz for your brand with our social media marketing strategy. Discover all that the Internet Marketing Ninjas can do for you. Visit the online dojo now at InternetMarketingNinjas.com. Chronicling the latest cannabis industry news and headlines.
1: Well, with four states with tax and regulate and the District of Columbia. The State of Cannabis. to Hemp Present, only on Cannabis Radio. Now, back to our headstrong Emperor of Hemp, Vivian McPeak.
2: All right, we are back on Hemp Present with Vivian McPeak on the Cannabis Radio Network. My guest is Firebrand Seattle Criminal Defense Attorney and fierce medical marijuana advocate and old friend, Douglas Hyatt, and I want to just uh, have some full disclosure here uh, with everybody, Doug. You have both represented the Seattle Hemp Fest in the past, which I'm the executive director of, and you have represented me as well in the past, but today you are representing only Doug Hyatt, and I appreciate you being on the show.
3: Hey, no problem, and let me tell you, it's an honor to work with and continue to work with Seattle Hemp Fest, which is, you know, one of the most amazing organizations I've ever had the honor to be associated with in my life. And as far as, uh, you know, representing you, Viv, you've got to know at this point how I feel about you. And full disclosure, you know, I love you and I love what you do, <laughs> and I'll support you to the day I die.
2: Right back at you, my brother. So my guest next week, Doug, is Roland Gregg of the Kettle Falls Five. Can you tell us quickly who the Kettle Falls Five are and and why we should care about what they're going through?
3: Um. I was the first lawyer um, involved with the Kettle Falls Five, and they were basically a group of five folks that had gotten together to grow some medical marijuana in a very remote area of Stevens County, about an hour north of Spokane, a couple hours north of Spokane, and they had gotten together to grow some, some medical marijuana, one of the people, uh, one of the five, uh, Larry Harvey, um, is dying right now of prostate cancer and had a whole lot of health issues. Older guy, uh, worked his whole life, a trucker and, and uh, contractor, and his wife, and Roland and his wife at the time, and a family friend, and they were just growing some marijuana. They had somewhere around 45, 50 plants uh, that was always in dispute, out in a very remote location. They had a flyover, the marijuana was spotted from the air, and initially there was a state law enforcement presence, and then the federal government took over and charged the case because they knew that the Gregs had a perfectly good defense in state court, and they would probably prevail in a state court medical marijuana prosecution, so they referred the case to the federal government, Mike Ormsby, the U.S. attorney out there decided he was gonna take the case. Uh Doctor Greg Carter and I met with Mr Ormsby prior uh to him filing the case, presented information to him, begged him not to file the case, but they went ahead with the case anyway. All five uh, you know, were in tremendous jeopardy. The government when Mr Harvey became ill and was dying, the government let him out of the case. He's very close to death. And, so,
2: so are uh, they looking to go into federal prison, and where are they looking at?
3: They are. They are. And they. Uh, most of the attorneys involved uh, with the case and the guys that actually tried that case believe that they're going to be sentenced pretty harshly. The judge uh, in that case, uh, Tom Rice, is a former um, chief criminal deputy of the U.S. Attorney's Office. He's uh, uh, very much a m- uh, medical marijuana opponent and uh, we believe he's, he's not gonna, you know, give very good sentences.
2: And, and this is uh, all happening in the state where, state where marijuana is supposedly legal?
3: Well, this is the problem. You know, I've been saying over and over and over again marijuana isn't legal and it's not even legal under state law uh, all the way. Um, it's just decrimmed a little bit and it certainly isn't legal under federal law. Federal law has not changed and that's what is so important and neither has the state law and that's what's so important about our critique of, you know, the continuing reform movement is we haven't achieved any of the things we initially set out to achieve. We've gotten 28 ounces decrimmed, and we paid way too heavy a price for it.
2: Doug, answer this for me. Is it, uh, it's not legal for a state to regulate and tax a substance that's federally illegal, so in essence the state of Washington has taken over the black market, is that correct?
3: that 's pretty much it. Um, we uh, have a lawsuit that 's been filed that seeks to determine whether or not the state of Washington can tax you know marijuana. States can tax things that are illegal and stuff as long as the federal government uh, doesn't have hasn 't spoken on the subject. But if the federal government has spoken on the subject, then the states are stuck with that, especially when the federal government legislates and Congress legislates pursuant to the Commerce Clause. They have very broad power it 's been determined that Congress's exercise of Commerce Clause authority was valid in the Controlled Substances Act. That's the Gonzalez versus Rage case, Angel Rage. And so we have no doubt that the Controlled Substances Act is constitutional. That being the case, the Controlled Substances Act establishes a total prohibitionary ban on marijuana, puts it in Schedule 1. This forbids any market, any taxation, any regulation of marijuana by any of the states. Once that issue gets into court, the little bit of reform that we've got now will disappear because the courts, I believe, will have virtually no choice but to find that the supremacy clause applies and that the current course of the state uh, is frustrating the purpose of the federal law and the state law will be struck down. And that is what I believe will happen. Those cases are already working their way up here in Washington state. They are working their way up in Oregon. They are working their way up in Colorado. And we also had an indication in Colorado from the Colorado Supreme Court who just recently held that being a medical marijuana patient is not lawful. Um, you know that in the Coates case, which just came down you know last week, they found that a medical marijuana patient could be fired. Uh, from his job because it wasn't lawful behavior, uh, even under Colorado's, uh, and, under and Colorado's you're, uh, of legalization course, law.
2: You're, of course, referring to the wheelchair-bound worker for the Dish Network that was fired uh, for his off-work medical marijuana use, correct?
3: I am indeed, and the state law in Colorado that lets you engage in lawful activities uh, on your own time, and you can't be fired for that. It's an employment uh, protection law. That law doesn't apply to medical marijuana patients because medical marijuana is not legal. It's not a legal use. And the reason that this, the Colorado Supreme Court found that way is because of the Supremacy Clause and the application of it you know, to the law. So federal law is supreme, and that's the problem. Doug, uh, let's... Work... Go ahead. Go ahead, Sorry.
2: Uh, let, let's get out of this wonky stuff for a second. Just, let's just take it down to the uh, common uh, experience for our listeners. What's the most common mistakes that people are making that finds them needing the help of a, an attorney like you for their involvement in the cannabis culture? How can pot users be, avoid getting into legal trouble, especially where it's still completely illegal?
3: Well, I think people, the, the, the biggest problem we're seeing right now is that people believe it's legal. And people believe that they can do things that they simply can't do. And that's the biggest problem right now. We have people, you know, talking to officers. We have people, uh, you know, saying, well, I thought, I thought it's legal, isn't it? I can have marijuana. I can grow marijuana. Um, <clears throat> there's just a lot of misinformation out there. That's the, the number one problem right now. And I think people have been encouraged to, you know, say, oh, we have to, to come out of the closet a little bit. And I, and I support that. But the problem is <clears throat> in the current state of prohibition, they just can't do that safely. And so, you know, my advice to everybody is to act like marijuana is illegal, act like it's going to send you to prison because it can, um, and under the right circumstances and, and treat it, um, you know, like they did it for lack of a better, uh, a better term, you know, go old school, um, you know, be careful, don't, uh, carry it in the car. Uh, don't have containers of it open in the car, be mindful of the smell, don't smoke in the car, um. Most of the stuff that we see is travel-related. Um, very few people get a ticket for walking down the sidewalk smoking a joint. They get a ticket for smoking a joint in their car after they don't lo- use their turn signal and they get pulled over, and then they go wind up going for a DUI or something like that, or they search the car, and then you know, you've got more than 28 grams, and now you're, you know, you're into either a misdemeanor between 28 and 40, or you're into a felony over 40. And that's that's the problem. It's a very small uh, amount of marijuana that's decrimmed anyway. So, well,
2: of course, also, if you're not smoking in your your car, there's a lot less chance you're going to drive impaired. So it's just it's a good idea all the way around. Um, Right. I mean, you know,
3: exactly. And you want to be and you want to be careful because that's definitely the zone where the police have the most uh, opportunity to contact you is when you're in your car
2: a break for our sponsors here With but uh, we'll be right back with Douglas Hyatt criminal defense attorney for a couple more questions and then we'll wrap it up
1: time to roll out for the people that let us present. hang loose we're coming right back Find out why you should trust your website with Orange Hill. Contact Orange Hill for a consultation today at OrangeHillDevelopment.com. Hi, I'm Montel Williams. Most of you know me as a talk show host, but I'm also an author, actor, single father of four, avid snowboarder, and I'm also a medical marijuana patient. Living with multiple sclerosis, I'm in pain every day. Medical marijuana is my last resort, and it helps me when all other drugs have failed. If you'd like more information about medical marijuana, you can contact the Marijuana Policy Project at MPP.org or call 1-877-JOIN-MPP. We're back to Hemp Presents only on Cannabis Radio. Now, back to our headstrong hemperer of hemp, Vivian McPeak.
2: Okay, we are back on Hemp Present. Here on the Cannabis Radio Network, and I'm going to ask another couple questions for my esteemed guest, Seattle defense attorney, Doug Hyatt. Uh, Doug, the Seattle Times just printed a story about lawmakers here wishing to redirect tax revenues from I-502 recreational cannabis stores meant for low-income health clinics, saying that those clinics are now not needed after the passage of the Affordable Care Act, commonly misnamed Obamacare. How do you feel about that?
3: Well, I mean, this is what's happened is that the legislature, the Democrats and the Republicans are now fighting over tax, you know, marijuana tax revenue. And I mean, I find the whole situation absurd um, because the state is taxing marijuana, collecting money and, you know, sending money to the bank and wiring money here and there and everything. And those are the very same things that they put my clients in federal prison for for a very long time. And I think that there is something very, very wrong, equal protection wise, when a citizen and a state are being treated that differently. The state of Washington is being allowed to do this. It's being allowed to break federal law. It's being allowed to collect this taxes and stuff. And that's what they put my clients in prison for. So. I'm. Uh, I've filed suit. I've actually argued it already. We're going to be up on appeal about the government's ability to tax marijuana when it remains illegal under federal law. I don't think they can do what they're doing. Um, but that said, you know, them, uh, the, the Republican position that, of course, you know, we're going to put the money somewhere else. Um, they always put the money somewhere else. They never put it where it's needed, and where it's needed is on the people. We need them to start making investments in infrastructure and on and, and with people. Because people are our greatest asset, obviously.
2: Okay, we only have a few minutes left. I want to ask you, Doug, uh, how can our listeners help change the cannabis laws where they live? What can ordinary people do to protect themselves and others from uh, the evils of prohibition and, and change these laws for good?
3: Get involved. Come to Seattle HempFest and learn and then go back uh, to your communities and do the same thing. Be an ambassador, come out, let people know, talk about the drug war, wear wear a a November coalition t-shirt that says there is no justice in the war on drugs. When you're stuck in line at the Costco, talk to people, you're an ambassador, you're a change agent no matter where you are. And if you bring up the unfairness of this or the unfairness of that or talk to people about how... You know, the drug war is so unfair and it's so racially biased and stuff. You can get a conversation going. You find out how ordinary people uh, like us, they you know, we we all understand this. You know, this hasn't gotten by the American public. I mean, they've got to get involved and they got to get politically active. You cannot support politicians that don't support reform. Don't support anybody that's going to put marijuana smokers in jail. Don't support anybody that isn't going to help patients. If someone doesn't have compassion for sick people, vote them out of office. You know, the people that we have in our state legisl- legislature right now have disgraced themselves. They've disgraced themselves by caring more about money and tax revenue than they do about people's health. They have taken medical marijuana patients and doctors it, and the legitimized them and they've thrown them under the bus.
2: Well, I thank you for your seasoned perspective on these critical issues of the day as they relate to medical marijuana in our state, and I wish we could go on uh, forever. Thanks for being on my show, Doug. Um, and I want to wrap up thank here you. very quickly with the the quote of the week. And uh, the quote of the week here on hemp Present is from Thomas Jefferson, and it goes, Hemp is of first necessity to the wealth and protection of the nation. And you know that's true because uh, hemp commonly uh, uh, is referred to as as the entire genus of cannabis, and this term is often used only to refer to cannabis strains cultivated for industrial use, but really it it means everything uh, involved in cannabis. The American hemp industry, which made a comeback in the 1990s uh, in a wave of cannabis-fueled environmentalism, now sells $450 million a year of products from hemp oil soap, hemp oil and seed-based foods, to hemp cone speakers for guitar amplifiers, and hemp composite body Body parts for cars. It holds great promise for all kinds of human interactions and human uh, uh, assistance. Yet all the raw material used for these products, from fiber to hemp seed oil, has to be imported. And it's still illegal to grow hemp in the United States. Industrial hemp is produced in many countries around the world. Major producers include Canada, France, and China. Uh, and while more hemp is exported to the United States than any other country, the United States government does not consistently distinguish between marijuana and the non-psy- non-psychoactive cannabis used for industrial and commercial purposes. So let's get hemp and cannabis both legalized on the federal level across the board so Americans can start taking advantage of this incredible uh, natural resource and we can move full steam ahead with a full head of steam. Otherwise, it's just more baloney for your prohibition sandwich. So, here we are, uh, concluding the maiden voyage of Hempresent on uh, the Cannabis Radio Network. I will be back next week with my guest, Roland Gregg of the Kettle Falls Five, who is potentially looking at federal, uh, federal imprisonment for growing some medical marijuana in a state where medical marijuana is supposed to be legal. So, thank you much, everybody, for listening. And remember, when it comes to activism, you have the right not to remain silent. Speak up, oppose, resist, and educate. And tune in next week on Hemp Present on the Cannabis Radio Network, your resource for the force of freedom. Freedom Fighter!